We've been looking at a series um, of sermons from the beginning of the year around actually how can you hear from God? How can you make sense of what God might be wanting to say? And what we've tried to do is keep it quite practical by talking about, well, how do you uh, tune into God? So rather than just keeping on saying every week you can hear from God, but actually how? And for those of you that have not been to all of them or have slept since then, we looked at actually how do you hear the Lord speak to you in creation around you, the stuff you see, the stuff you're alert to, what might God be getting your attention about? We looked at scripture, of course, one of the primary ways where God speaks. And in the service, we gave you a chance to look at, I think it was Psalm 143, and to actually discern what God might be saying to you there and then. And in a sense, being in the service wasn't the important thing. Being open to the scripture was something we do on our own. We talked about the idea of being open to the unusual things that happen the angelic messengers that come our way, the dreams, the visions, the use of the gifts of the Spirit. And we linked it the next week with this idea of hearing from uh, God from one another, the gift of the prophetic. This idea that when we come together, in any of our contexts really, but one of the things that we wanted to do for one another is say, how can I be good news to someone else? And one of the ways you're good news is by being used by God to strengthen, to encourage, to give confidence, to spur on. And it's not about just some people. It's actually a gift for all. And then we also looked at circumstances last time. How do you make sense when what you thought you were so sure about sort of gets blocked and you've got to change plans? How do you come to terms with that? I think the the tenor of it all was this. God loves us so much that he's always wanted to communicate with us. That God actually does want to speak. That God does speak. And for some people, that's really important for you to hear. Because it's kind of like you've never been quite sure about that. And to you, it's kind of like I want to say, and I kind of just want to keep on saying to you, listen, literally, listen, (laughs) be open. Be expectant. God wants to communicate with you. And sometimes we look down on ourselves and we've got a history of being looked down on or being the underdog. And we expect it's going to happen to someone else but not to us. To you, particularly to you. I can't emphasize enough. He doesn't have stepchildren. He just has children. And it's to you. But there's also times for all of us that scripture indicates that you may well go through periods where it feels like God's silent. And that's not unusual. It's a regular experience for all believers through all ages. That there are times where it feels just as though... It's not that God's gone. It's not that you stop believing in him. It's not that you stop trusting him. It's not that you stop walking in his way. It's just it feels quiet. 
And there's sort of like a paradox here. Because on the one hand, I'm wanting to say, God's always communicating with us. And yet on the other hand, there's a, a felt experience of times where it just feels quiet. It's almost like you've got the hum of God all the time. Sometimes it's very clear that God's speaking to you. And sometimes it's really quiet. How do you make sense of those two things? I suspect that some of this has got something to do with personality. That for some personality types, you find it more difficult. Or there are times where you go through dips. But actually, it's probably true for all of us that there are intense moments where God really gets your attention and it becomes real milestone moments. I can look at, in my own life, uh, sort of like a half a dozen of those milestone moments where someone's spoken to me or I've sensed what God had been saying and it's been really quite dramatic for me in my life and something has happened because of that that's been very profound. Probably half a dozen milestones. There have been hundreds of encouragements, hundreds of moments of just reading scripture and sensing that what I've read today matters today because of X, Y, Z. There have been loads of times where other people have just encouraged me or comforted me or strengthened me by prophecy. Milestones, clarifying moments. But there's also been times where it's felt like What's happening? Sometimes for weeks, sometimes for longer. And I suppose what I'd want to say before we read together is this. If you're in the middle of one of those moments now, it's not necessarily that you've done anything wrong. It's just part of the Christian walk. And what I want to do in the time we have is just make sense of that. So what we're going to read, well, where you turn, of course, is the Psalms. One of the good things about the Bible is there's no pretense. No one's in the, in the Bible pretending they're better than they are. Everybody in the scripture is going, life's complicated. Nowhere more so than in the Psalms, where you hear... The prayers of God's people. And perhaps it's when we listen to the private prayers of God's people that you really know what's going on. You know what it's like yourself. We can put a face on. But when there's no one else around and it's just you and God and you're saying, Lord, this is how it is. That's who you really are. And so the Psalms help us. In days like this, I'm going to ask Maggie to come and read a couple of them. The first one is Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. 
I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have calmed and quietened myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. So what do you do when you feel you can't hear? I'm going to say four things. The first is, you can be honest. You don't need to pretend. You don't need to fake it. You can be honest about God. You can be honest about yourself. And you can be honest to yourself. And as a church, one of the things that we've long wanted to be true of ourselves is it's a church community in which you don't have to pretend. Because pretense is simply a way of saying, I don't think I should be feeling like this. And it means that you're holding something back from yourself. I said at the beginning, this idea of hearing from God, of not hearing from God, it's quite normal. So when you go through periods when you go, and I'm not sure, actually, I can hear from God, it's okay to be honest. It's okay to be honest about the loss, and it's okay to be honest about the blessing. It's okay to be honest about the hunger. You see, I think what happens as you grow as a Christian as you grow more mature as a Christian, is this. I don't think you become more aware of your holiness. I think you become more aware of your hunger. I think that's what happens to you. I think you become more aware of all that's ahead. I think you become more desperate for what you not have not yet experienced. I think the sign of growth is hunger. I think the problem is when we're not hungry anymore, where we've grown apathetic or we just live off the past. But I think the growth in the Lord is about hunger. Lord, I want to hear you better. I think it's also true that it's possible that you need to be honest if there's a whole stack of noise that's drowning out any other voice. Sex and drugs and rock and roll will drown out everything. And sometimes that sense of anesthetizing yourself to any other voice happens. And actually there's a time where it's okay to be honest and go, do you know what? And I, I mean, sex and drugs and rock and roll, some of you are looking at me going, it's a long time. But you know what I mean? 
it's okay to come and go, do you know what? My head's been turned for too long by things that have caught my attention. And I need to come back. Sometimes this happens to a whole church in Ephesus, in Revelation. You're doing great, John said, but you've fallen from your first love. It's kind of like you, your head got turned and suddenly you're no longer hungry again. Come, come back. And when you recognize that about yourself, it's not the judgment of God it's the invitation to repentance to say, my ears have been stopped, my eyes have been blurred, my head's been turned for too long, I need to come back. It's an invitation to come back. Out of the depths, I cry to you, Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy, for with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. Not every silence is because your head's been turned, but some of the silences are. But all of the silences are about you being able to be honest and going, I want the hunger again. When I can't hear, I can be honest. And when I turn my, my gaze back to the Father, there is forgiveness. Listen to my cry, hear me. And the psalmist believed a new moment would come. When I can't hear, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll watch. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. It's that idea of a watchman being on a tower on guard for the sake of a city, just watching. And he's at night, he's on the night shift, and he's waiting for the dawn to come. And he's sca scanning the horizon, looking for the sun to rise. When it feels that it's silent, I'll wait, but I'll wait expectantly. And I'll watch. And in some ways, one of the things I'll watch is what's going on in other people's hearts and lives. When you're in church, one of the most difficult times to be in church, I think, for some people, are when you're feeling rubbish and other people are having a great time. That can be a really uncomfortable time to be in church. Because part of you is going, well, it's all right for them. Now, let me into a secret. Let, let, me, into, let me let you into a secret. It... Everybody you can see in your sight line right now, you can easily think that they're doing really well, all right? Because to be honest, they scrub up well. Everybody you can see right now, you could easily look out and go, well, it's all right for them. Everybody that you can see right now is walking with some sort of pebble in their shoe. Everybody. But when you look, and, you, and it seems like life's going well for them, it's easy to think, well, what's going wrong with me? Here's the thing. Part of being a watchman who lives waiting for God is this. It's an us thing. It's not a me thing. So I will choose to rejoice with you when, you're, when things are going well. 
And if things are going badly for you, I will choose to mourn with you. It's an us thing. It's not just a me thing. If it becomes a me thing, it can easily become self-indulgent and individualistic. It's about us, not just me. But I'll wait. I'll wait like a watchman. I'll keep on praying. I'll keep turning up for worship. I'll keep reading. It's long struck me as ironic that when non-Christians go through a hard time, they turn up to church. When Christians go through a hard time, they stop coming. There's a real irony involved there. (laughs) Some of you have known for decades. And I've known the days and the weeks and the months where you've turned up for church as an act of faith. Rather than because everything's going well. And you're a gift of God to us at that time. There are times where it all feels like nothing's happening, but you keep on praying, you keep on turning up for worship, you keep on reading. And I know this sounds remarkably old fashioned, but you need to read at home on your own the Bible. You need to pray on your own. And you particularly need to do that where it all feels like it's all just drifting away. You need to turn up. I'm watching. I'm staying alert. I'm scanning the horizon. I'm keeping the spiritual disciplines going. When I can't hear, I'll wait. And when I can't hear, I'll hope. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. When I was thinking about the sermon, a memory came back, and I'm not sure it's a true memory. I don't know whether what I'm going to say next is true. But it doesn't really matter in that sense. I seem to remember that when we used to go on holiday to France, that we would get on a road and the road sign would tell us that we were on the right road, but for the furthest distance that that road would take us. So in other words, you get off at Calais and it would tell you this way to Marseille, right on this I seem to remember that. Whereas when you're in London and you're, you just get onto the M6 or wherever, the M1, it doesn't say Carlisle. Because you, you don't, I'm not going that far. I just want to know where Milton Keynes is. No, it's Carlisle. It's, it, 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 now, I can't remember if that's true or not. I've, I've, I've dreamt it or I've just made it up, to be honest. Some of you will no doubt want to inform me at the end of the service and I will receive it with grace. Except to say this, when your spiritual Christian walk gets hard, where it feels like I can't hear God anymore, then what you need to do is take the long view. And this is what the long view is. The long view is at the end of Revelation 22, when heaven comes to earth and God walks with his people. That's the long view. 
There will be a day for all of us where God will be so close that you will not only have to tune in, you just won't be able to escape. (laughs) That's the long view. That's where we're going. And in the meantime, we're tuning in and tuning out. And sometimes it's like a radio, the old-fashioned sort of medium-wave band radio on a long journey that tunes in and tunes out. But the long view is this. God will be there for us. And I will hope This desire I have that God would speak is worth having. This hope is about confident expectation. This sense that because I'm forgiven, I can stand on a firm place. This sense that he is my father, I'm his son, means that I can hope with confidence. And the dawn breaks. And then finally, when I can't hear, I relax. That Psalm 131 that Maggie read from, beautiful, short psalm. And in it, the psalmist writes this, I've calmed myself, I've quietened myself, I'm like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I'm content. At the moment, Reuben with Lucy is incredibly demanding. That child has no empathy. Three basic needs. Sleep, poo, and food. And each of them just screaming. Those of you who have been around children remember it well. And after the service, you can go up to Chris and Lucy and go, yeah, we remember. With that smugness that will just irritate them enormously. And Reuben will be like that for months to come. Until Reuben is weaned. A weaned child, a healthy weaned child, knows there's not a food shortage. A healthy weaned child knows that actually I don't need to be desperately on my mum all the time. A healthy weaned child can be content, can relax. And the psalm talks about this idea of relaxing before God. And as I said before, it's almost inevitable that in any group of people, when you come together, there'll be some of you that go, I'm not sure I'm hearing from God today at all, really. And to you, I want to say, relax. It'll come. The day will come back again. Keep walking. Keep feeding. Keep turning up. Keep hoping. But relax. I don't need to be the neurotic center of the universe. But I can be the object of God's love. When you're an early Christian... The early Christian stages of life for many people are these, that miracles and remarkable events and sense of every time you open the Bible, something pops up at you that seems remarkable. They're very common. As you go on a little, it's a walk of faith. 
where you're learning to hear from him again. We come and we're confident in his presence. God is the God who speaks. He is the God who loves you. He's the God who knows you. He also is the God who may well for a moment just give a sense of keep walking. You can do it. To use another childlike um, analogy. Did you learn to ride a bike with someone holding the seat? Did that happen to you? Even with stabilizer, did someone have that hand on the back of the seat? And do you remember the day when they let go and that first wobble? And then you rode. I wonder whether when we're just new Christians, it's like God's holding us so tight. And then there's a moment where he goes, ride. Confident that he's there. Confident that he's speaking. Confident that he's not silent. Confident about Jesus and and the Father and the relationship with us. Confident about the Spirit who fills us. Confident about the walk of faith. Confident about the God who is 100% committed to us. It's, I don't know what you're thinking. But for some of you, I kind of want to just come and say, whisper in your ear, he is speaking to you. Be alert. Because I think some of you start from the basis of, don't think it happens to me. All of this series has been about this idea of, it does You're not left out. Be alert to it. And then to some of you, you're going, well, I've had it in the past, but it's not happened now. And to you, I want to say, keep scanning the horizon because God will speak again. It might even be happening now. God is a God who communicates. A God who comes to people like you and me, not people who are all put together well, people who are flawed and frail and fragile and pours out his blessing and his love on you. Be alert. Be like a watchman on a tower, scanning the horizon, waiting for him. Be like a weaned child, not anxious. Be like people who are confident because we know where we're going.